0: Chapter two part two of the Rock of Chickamauga. This is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain For more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the Rock of Chickamauga by Joseph a Altscheller Chapter two forest part two Meanwhile the attack in their front was growing hotter At least six or seven hundred sharpshooters were sending a fire which would have annihilated them if it had not been for the trees as It was fragments of bark twigs and leaves Showered about them the whistling of the bullets and their chugging as they struck the trees made a continuous sinister note The Union men were not silent under this fire their own rifles were replying fast but Colonel Winchester continually urged them to take aim And while death and wounds were inflicted on the Union ranks, the Southern were suffering in the same manner. Dick turned his eyes toward the right flank, where the fifty picked riflemen, Sergeant Whitley at their head, were crawling through the tall grass. He knew that they were making toward a little corner of the forest, thrust farther forward than the rest. And presently, when the rippling in the grass ceased, he was sure they had reached it. Then the fifty rifles cracked together, and the southern flank was swept by fifty well-aimed bullets. Lying in their covert, Whitley's men reloaded their breech-loading rifles and again sent in a deadly fire. The main northern force redoubled its efforts at the same time. The men in blue sent in swarms of whistling bullets, and Dick saw the front line of the south retreating. "'We're rousing the wolves from their lairs,' explained Pennington, exultantly, as he sprang from his tree, just in time for a bullet to send his hat flying from his head. Fortunately, it clipped only a lock of hair. But he received in a good spirit warner's admonishing words. "'Don't go wild, Frank. We've merely repelled the present attack. You don't think that Forrest with superior forces is going to let us alone, do you?' "'No, I don't,' replied Pennington. And don't you get behind that tree it's mine, and I'm coming back to it. I've earned it I held it against all kinds of bullets. Look at the scars made on each side of it by rebel lead the firing now died Whitley's flank movement had proved wholly successful and Colonel Winchester Reinforced him in the little forest peninsula with 50 more picked men where they lay well hidden a formidable force for any assailant The silence now became complete save for the stamping of the impatient horses and the drone of insects in the woods and grass Dick lying on his stomach and using his glasses could see nothing in the forest before them It was to him in all its aspects an Indian battle And he believed in spite of what Warner had said that the enemy had retired permanently Colonel Winchester and all the officers rose to their feet presently and walked among the trees no bullets came to tell them they were rash and then the senior officers held a conference while all the men remounted save a dozen or so who would ride no more but the colonel did not abate one whit of his craft or caution they resumed the march toward grant but they avoided every field or open space they would make curves and lose time in order to keep in the dense wood but as dick knew colonel winchester still suspected that forrest was hovering somewhere on his flank covered by the great forest and awaiting a favorable opportunity to attack they approached one of the deep and narrow streams that ultimately find their way to the mississippi it had only one ford and the scouts galloping back informed them that the farther shore was held by a powerful force of cavalry it's forrest said colonel winchester with quiet conviction Knowing every path of the woods, they've gone ahead of us, and they mean to cut us off from Grant. Nevertheless, we'll make a way. He spoke firmly, but the junior officers of the staff did not exactly see how they were going to force a ford, defended by a larger number of cavalry, under the redoubtable Forrest. I didn't think Forrest would let us alone. And he hasn't, said Pennington. No, he hasn't, said Warner. And it seems that he's checkmated us, too. Why that river is swollen by the rain so much that it's a hard job to cross it if no enemy were on the other side But you'll note also that the enemy having got to the other side can't come back again in our face to attack us But we want to go on and they don't said dick They're satisfied with the enforced status quo and we're not am I right professor You certainly are replied Warner now our colonel is puzzled as you can tell by his looks And so would I be despite my great natural military talents The Winchester regiment fell back into the woods leaving the two forces out of rifle shot of each other Sentinels were posted by both commanders not far from the river and the rest dismounting took their ease Save the officers who again went into close conference afterwards they sat among the trees and waited It was low ground with the earth yet soaked from the heavy rain of the night before and the heat grew heavy and intense The insects began to drone again and once more mosquitoes made life miserable But the soldiers did not complain it was noon now and they ate food from their knapsacks Two springs of clear water were found a little distance from the river and all drank there Then they went back to their weary waiting On the other side of the river they could see the dismounted troopers playing cards sleeping or currying their horses They seemed to be in no hurry at all Colonel Winchester sent divisions of scouts up and down the stream and both returning after a while Reported that the river was not fordable anywhere Colonel Winchester sat down under a tree and smoked his pipe the longer he smoked the more corrugated his brow became he looked angrily at the ford but it would be folly to attempt a passage there and containing himself as best he could he waited while the long afternoon waned his men at least would get a good rest dick and his comrades selecting the driest place they could find spread their blankets and lay down protecting their faces from the mosquitoes with green leaves they sank into a deep quiet dick even drowsed for a while he could not think of a way out of the trap And he was glad it was the duty of the older men like Colonel Winchester and the majors and captains to save them The heat of the day increased with the coming of the afternoon and Dick's eyelids grew heavier He had become so thoroughly hardened to march and battle That the presence of the enemy on the other side of a river did not disturb him What was the use of bothering about the rebels as long as they did not wish to fire upon one his eyes closed for a few minutes and then his dreaming mind traversed space with incredible rapidity he was back in pendleton sitting on the portico with his mother watching the flowers on the lawn nod in the gentle wind his cousin harry kenton saluted him with a hello and came bounding toward the porch and the hello caused dick to awake and sit up he rubbed his eyes violently and looked around a little bit ashamed But two captains older than himself were sound asleep with their backs against trees Dick stood up and shook himself violently whatever others might do. He must not allow himself to relax so much He saw that the Sun was slowly descending and that the full heat of the afternoon was passing Colonel Winchester had withdrawn somewhat among the trees and he beckoned to him sergeant Whitley was standing beside the Colonel dick said Colonel Winchester colored men have brought us news that colonel grierson of our army with a strong raiding force of nearly two thousand cavalry is less than the day's march away and on the same side of this river that we are we have received the news from three separate sources and it must be true probably forrest's men know it too but expect grierson to pass on wholly ignorant that we are here i have chosen you and sergeant whitley to bring grierson to our relief the horses are ready Now go and God speed you the sergeant will tell you what we need to know as you ride Dick sprang at once into the saddle and with a brief good-bye He and the sergeant were soon in the forest riding toward the southeast Dick was alive and energetic again all that laziness of mind and body was gone He rode on a great ride and every sense was alert Tell me he said just about what the news is three men replied the sergeant Came in at different times with tales, but the three tales agree Grierson has made a great raid even further down than we have gone He has more than double our numbers and if we can unite with him It's likely we can turn Forrest into the pursued instead of the pursuer They say we can hit his trail about 25 miles from here and if that's so We'll bring him up to the ford by noon tomorrow doesn't it look promising to you lieutenant Mason? It does look promising sergeant Whitley if we don't happen to be taken by the Johnnies who infest this region Besides you'll have to guide through the dark tonight. You're trained to that sort of thing You can see pretty well in the dark yourself sir, and since our way lies almost wholly through forest I see no reason why we should be captured That's so sergeant. I'm just as much of an optimist as you are you keep the course, and I'm with you to the finish They rode rather fast at first as the Sun had not yet set Picking their way through the woods and soon left their comrades out of sight. The twilight came fast, adding a mournful and somber red to the vast expanse of wilderness. The simile of an Indian fight returned to Dick with increased force. This was not like any battle with white men in the open fields. It was a combat of raiders who advanced secretly under cover of the vast wilderness. The twilight died with the rapidity of the south, and the darkness, thick at the early hours passed over the curve of the earth for a time dick and the sergeant could not see many yards in front and they rode very slowly after a while as the sky lightened somewhat and their eyes also grew keen they made better speed then they struck a path through the woods leading in the right direction and they broke into a trot the earth was so soft that their horses feet gave back but little sound and both were confident they would not meet any enemy in the night at least straight southeast said the sergeant and we're bound to strike grierson's tracks after that we'd be blind if we couldn't follow the trail made by nearly two thousand horsemen the path still led in the direction they wished and they rode on silently for hours once they saw a farmhouse set back in the woods and they were in fear lest dogs come out and bark alarm but there was no sound and they soon left it far behind they passed many streams some of which were up to their saddle girths and then they entered a road which was often so deep in mud that they were compelled to turn into the woods on the side but no human being had interfered with their journey and their hopes rose to the zenith they came finally into an open region of cotton fields and the sergeant now began to watch closely for the great trail they hoped to find. A force as large as Grierson's would not attempt a passage through the woods, but would seek some broad road, and Sergeant Whitley expected to find it long before morning. It was now an hour after midnight, and they reckoned that they had come about the right distance. There was a good moon and plenty of stars, and the sergeant gave himself only a half-hour to find the trail there's bound to be a wide road somewhere among these fields the kind we call a county road it's over there beyond that rail fence said dick they urged their horses into a trot and soon found that dick was right a road of red clay soft from the reins stretched before them a man doesn't have to look twice here for a trail see said the sergeant the road from side to side was ploughed deep with the hoofs of horses every footprint pointing northward grierson's cavalry said dick i take it that it can't be anything else there's certainly in these parts no rebel force of cavalry large enough to make this trail how old would you say these tracks are hard to tell but they can't have been made many hours ago we'll press forward lieutenant and we can save time going through the fields on the edge of the road Although they had to take down fences, they made good speed, and just as the sun was rising, they saw the light of a low campfire among some trees lining either bank of a small creek. They approached warily until they saw the faded blue uniforms, and then they galloped forward, shouting that they were friends, and in a few minutes were in the presence of Grierson himself. He had been making a great raid, but he was eager now for the opportunity to strike at Forrest. He must give his horses a short rest, and then Dick and the sergeant should guide him at speed to the ford where the opposing forces stood. "'It's twenty-five miles, you tell me,' said Grierson to Dick. "'As nearly as I can calculate, sir. It's through swampy country, but I think we ought to be there in three or four hours.' "'Then lead the way,' said Grierson. "'Like your colonel, I'll be glad to have a try at Forrest.' Sergeant Whitley rode in advance a lumberman first and then a soldier of the plains he had noted even in the darkness every landmark and he could lead the way back infallibly but he warned grierson that such a man as forrest would be likely to have out scouts even if they had to swim the river it was likely they could not get nearer by three or four miles to colonel winchester without being seen then said grierson who had the spirit of a Stuart or a forrest We'll ride straight on brushing those watchers out of the way and if by any chance their whole force should cross We'll just meet and fight it The little river is falling fast said the sergeant It's likely that it'll be fordable almost anywhere by noon Then said Grierson it'll be all the easier for us to get at the enemy Dick just behind Grierson heard these words and he liked them here was a spirit like Colonel Winchester's own or like that of the great southern cavalry leaders the southerners were born on horseback but the northern men were acquiring the same trick of hard riding dick glanced back at the long column armed with carbine and sabre the men were riding their trained horses like Comanches. eager and resolute it was a formidable force and his heart swelled with pride and anticipation he believed they were going to give forrest all that he wanted and maybe a little bit more up rose the sun hot beams poured over forest and field but the cavalrymen still rode fast the scent of battle in their nostrils dick knew that these southern streams flooded by torrents of rain rose fast and also fell fast how much further now sergeant asked grierson as they turned from a path into the deep woods not more than three miles sir and they know we're coming listen to that several rifles cracked among the trees and bullets whizzed by them Forrest's skirmishers and scouts were on the south side of the stream as they had foreseen the river had sunk so much that it was fordable now at many points dick was devoutly grateful that they had found grierson otherwise the winchester regiment would have been flanked and its destruction would have followed skirmishers were detached from grierson's command and drove off the southern riflemen dick heard the rattling fire of their rifles in the deep wood but he seldom saw a figure then he heard another fire heavy and continuous in their front coming quite clearly on a breeze that blew toward them your whole regiment is engaged exclaimed grierson forrest must have forded the river elsewhere he turned and shook aloft his sabre forward lads he shouted gallant men of our own army will be overwhelmed unless we get up there in time The whole force broke into a gallop through the woods, the fire in their front rapidly growing heavier. In ten minutes they would be there, but rifles suddenly blazed from the forest on their flank, and many saddles were emptied. Nothing upsets like surprise, and for a few moments the whole command was in disorder. It was evident that Forrest was attacking Winchester with only a part of his force, while he formed an ambush for Grierson. But the northern cavalrymen had not learned in vain through disaster and experience Grierson quickly restored order and drew his men back into the forest as the enemy followed the northern carbines began to flash fast The troopers in gray were unable to flank them or drive them back Grierson sure of his superior numbers pushed on toward Winchester while fighting off the foe at the same time dick and the sergeant kept in the van and presently they came within sight of colonel winchester's men who dismounted were holding off as best they could the overwhelming attack of forrest the southern leader after sending the majority of his men to a new crossing lower down had forced the ford before the winchester regiment and would have crushed it if it had not been for the opportune arrival of grierson But a tremendous cheer arose as the northern cavalry leader, who was already proving his greatness, charged into the battle with his grim troopers. The men in blue were now more numerous, and fighting with the resolve to win or die, they gradually forced back Forrest. Dick began to foresee a victory won over the great southern cavalrymen. But the astute Forrest, seeing that the odds were now heavily against him, ordered a retreat the trumpets sang the recall and suddenly the southern horsemen carrying their dead with them vanished into the forest where the northern cavalry fearful of ambushes and new forces did not dare to pursue but winchester and grierson were shaking hands and winchester thanked the other in brief but emphatic words say no more colonel exclaimed grierson we're all trying to serve our common country you'd help me just the same if we had the chance and i think you'll find the road clear to grant while the siege of vicksburg was determined on long ago as you know i believe that he is now moving toward grand gulf you know he has to deal with the armies of johnston and pemberton we'll find him said winchester a quarter of an hour later his regiment was galloping toward grant while grierson's command rode eastward to deal with other forces of the confederacy End of chapter 2, part 2